Hi, this is the Beach Boys. Al, Bruce, Carl, Mike, Brian, and Dennis. Welcome to episode six of Good Vibrations of Beach Boys podcast. Today we're speaking with lead singer Mike Love, and uh, Mike's going to talk about several things with us. But uh, so let's just get started. Here we go. You're celebrating 50 years of Good Vibrations. So I wanted to ask you what you've felt about the audience response to this point for the material that you've been performing in concert from both Pet Sounds and, of course, Good Vibrations. It was our biggest single in the 60s, and we had a lot of, a lot of big singles in the 60s, but that was the biggest. And it was definitely the most unique single of its time. It was avant-garde in 1966, and I think it's still avant-garde. If you play it and listen to any, anything and everything else from that era or subsequent eras, it, it stands alone. Yeah. 
about the interview I did with Brian. I wanted to read you his quote, word for word, about uh, writing Good Vibrations with you. He said, Mike was very spontaneous as a collaborator. He was fast, and I considered him my favorite collaborator. He was very sensitive to what I liked musically, and I never changed a lyric that he wrote. That's very nice. But what he did do is, the original poem was, Close my eyes, she's somehow closer now, softly smile, I know she must be kind. When I look in her eyes, she goes with me to a blossom world we find. But he cut off we find, which rhymes with kind. She must be kind. He cut off we find to 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 basically feature the bass, the, the bass going into the final uh, chorus, which I thought was pretty interesting. And I and I I talked about that to the Mark Myers, the guy who was writing for Wall Street Journal, and I told him to me it was. It made this made that section of the song lyrically kind of like haiku. Haiku is the Japanese poetry, which sometimes leaves you suspended in space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, but I and, and I followed that with if that's not flower power, I don't know what is. You know, with, with imagery of the girl and blossom world and and that time period in the '60s when a, a lot of peace and love and flower power and you know, summer of love coming along, and those, all that kind of hippie influence, new age influence. I, I think it was, from us as the Beach Boys, it was the perfect song for its time. What is your favorite section of Good Vibrations? There's six sections. Which, are, which is your favorite? They're all wonderful sections. I don't, I don't think I have a favorite. Mm-hmm. I love the chorus. I'm picking up Good Vibrations. She's giving me the excitation. That's a very hooky thing that the bass line was what inspired me to come up with that lyric and the fact we rhyme good vibrations with excitations was a pretty was pretty unique use of uh, english language and that was a bit of poetic license mm-hmm. uh but so that they're you know that's a, a, a big huge important part of the song but then the carl's voice and delivery of the lyric which was a, a very flowery poem evoking the imagery of of what I had hoped to evoke, which is a girl who is all about peace and love. So that Carl's delivery of the verses was amazing. And of course, the choruses with all the, with the harmonies, good, good, good vibrations, ooh, pop, pops, all those parts, those are amazing too. So I don't think there's a favorite part, like three or four favorite parts. And the little reprise where it goes into gotta keep those love and good vibrations happening with her, that's awesome too. It's kind of like, there's like a piece 
because I know as a performer you must connect with the audience, but as you're performing that song in particular because of what it has done to the music industry and how it changed music in general, do you ever find yourself, as you're performing it, kind of caught up in it and, and kind of being carried along for the ride? Oh yeah, I think the song itself invokes this feeling of the time period and all that that, that was about. So I think it kind of, uh, it's like time travel. It's a trip back in time, the time in which we found ourselves doing the song. And so, yeah, there's, a, there's quite a bit of that. It's not nostalgia so much as it is, it is time travel. <laughs> okay. You know, yeah. that song takes you back to 1966 and 67 when it was such a huge hit, getting the news that we were the number, voted the number one group in Great Britain, number two being the Beatles, and three, the Walker Brothers, and four, the Stones. That was that was kind of amazing to us. So it was that there are many, many multiple layers of moods and feelings and, and memories that, that all converge when we do that song. But as you pointed out, you know, it's, we always, as you know, we're always completely obsessed with or focused on recreating that song as close to the original recording as humanly possible so there you have to keep engaged with, with what you're doing and the audience but obviously between the video that's playing and and the memories that we all well, i do that i have from those times they can't be separated from from the performance i don't think it's all it's all there i, I love the colorful clothes you wear and the way the sunlight plays upon her head I inside of a gentle word On the wind that lifts her perfume through the air I'm picking up good vibrations She's giving me the excitation Sends 
Gotta keep those alive and good Vibrations are happening with it Gotta keep those alive and good Vibrations are happening with it Gotta keep those alive and good Vibrations are happening with it National Sympathy Orchestra at the John F. Kennedy Center, the performing arts was was really impressive. And I, I guess I wanted to, since that was unique and that you had the full piece orchestra behind you, I wanted to talk about what that does when you're when you're performing songs from Pet Sounds and Good Vibrations, as, as those songs specifically as an example, how that, um, or and even Bruce doing Disney Girls with that orchestra behind him, what that experience was like for you to perform at the Kennedy Center and to perform those songs. First of all, the place has wonderful acoustics. It's a wonderful uh, theater in which to perform uh, because of its acoustics. It's a, a, a group like ours, which is a predominantly or primarily a vocal group, it, it could not be better. And to be backed up by the National Symphony Orchestra on many of the songs from the Pet Sounds of album, some of which we don't often do or haven't often done. We've always done Sleep John B., God only knows, and wouldn't it be nice? But then we added a few more from the Pet Sounds album, and to have them perform with these National Symphony Orchestra was spectacular. It's like, you know, it's like the epitome of, of, of performance as an artist for us, subjectively. I mean, objectively, I think it sounded great, and I think people, the audience responded beautifully, and they loved it. But, you know, they loved, you know, did, did you notice in the, the beginning of the second half was the instrumental version the orchestral arrangement of In My Room. Yes. Followed, that was beautiful by the orchestra. Following In My Room, we did Their Hearts Were Full of Spring, a cappella, just the four voices, like we've done for five decades now, over five decades now. Uh, <clears throat> we, we learned that because of Brian's, you know, uh, fascination with the four freshmen. And to have have, um, you know, Brian Eichenberger, who was 18 years with the four freshmen, 
obviously a more recent incarnation, but 18 years with the four freshmen to to lead lead into it on, on that song to that in that beautiful environment with the symphony sitting there listening to us. First of all, we listen to the symphony doing their own. Second of all, they listen to us doing their hearts were full of spring. Some of the most beautiful four part harmony that one could ever hope to be able to sing or, or listen to. Symphony and the the group 
back her up with the harmonies. Uh, that was kind of special for me. Uh, you know, uh, she once asked me, Dad, did you write Did you write The Warmth of the Sun? Yeah, honey, I did uh, the lyrics on that one. She says, Dad, you're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. that was very sweet for her to say that. This was a couple of years ago she said that. And then to, to have her step out and sound so good and and look so great and and do do a song that was so emotional and meaningful and profoundly moving. So so there are so many things about that evening that were great, but with respect to pet sounds and good vibrations, uh, I don't think we've ever had a concert that was quite as as perfect, considering the the performance of the various songs in the Pet Sounds album. The orchestra is fantastic. There's a lot of sections of that song where the orchestra is featured, and so you know. And then here today, that that's that's the one I sing the lead on. Mm-hmm. It's great. I mean, um, it, it was really, really, really awesome. It starts with just a little glance now. Right away you're thinking about romance now. You know you ought to take it slower. But you just can't wait to get to know her. A brand new love affair is such a beautiful thing. But if you're
with people that weren't in the room, per se, or in the studio, or at the piano with Brian writing songs, or on tour, you know, there are lots of things written about the Beach Boys, but I have never, you know, given my side of the experience of the Beach Boys, and so the title of the book is Good Vibrations, My Life as a Beach Boy by Mike Love. So the Beach Boys, by virtue of the fact it's a group, <laughs> um, means that there are several different characters involved in addition to, but, but, you know, before we even get the Beach Boys part of it, there's a lot of the formative years of things and a lot of, you know, the roots of where, where we all came from, or at least I and my family, some of which uh, uh, I share the, the same grandparents, grandmother and grandfather as the Wilson brothers do, of course, because my mom Emily Glee Wilson was Marie Gage Wilson's sister, and their relationship and and the the the, the, the dedication of the book goes to, starts to my mom, whose whose love of music set the stage for what was yet to come, you know, mm-hmm. and for my dad, whose devotion and hard work, um, you know, was an inspiration and and like that. Also to Maharishi for giving me the tools to, to develop the inner strength that, that has, has helped me. But anyway, so the, the dedication is those to those three people. But also in the acknowledgments, there's there's a lot of people that that played important parts in the Beach Boys' career that aren't, or my personal life that, that aren't necessarily even mentioned because in the allotted time. Length of a of volume of work, you have to be uh, somewhat selective on what you decide to uh, to write about. <clears throat> and so, um, there is a lot of information about Dennis Wilson and Brian Wilson and Carl Wilson and Al Jardine and and, and uh, you know, all those principal members of the group. And in addition to my upbringing my family and and there there is some of the not so fun things like not being given credit for uh, a lot of the songs I co-wrote with Brian and having to go to court to establish that authorship and even in spite of the fact that Brian wanted to rectify it and that's all in there not all of the things because that would be impossible to do and um so basically, it's just uh, I've never stepped uh, forward and come out with any autobi- autobiography. I've never given out my side of the story. Mm-hmm. And as a result, there's been a lot of um, inaccuracies, if not outright fallacies, um, that have been perpetuated. I'll give you an example. For instance, I, that whole thing about, like I supposedly said, uh, don't fuck with the formula when it came to, to, to talking about Pet Sounds album. Well, I never said that. And even David Anderley, who was supposedly the author of that statement, said it was taken out of context. So, so the thing is, it, that's one of the more popular things, sayings attributed to me that I never said. <laughs> <laughs> but it 
has a life. It's had a life of its own, you know. So all I can do is is um, give my side of the story mm-hmm. and say what is true and what is not. And you know, as it is with anything else, you, a lot of people will say it's it's a fascinating story. It's a great read, and it'll give a whole other perspective on me and what I've had to go through. And and uh, in order to Show, but when they leave, you wait alone. 
Talk about the VIP book and the whole experience so that we could share this with the fans to help promote it. Well, the VIP book is beautiful, I think. It's uh, between you and Jacqueline. It was, uh, and, you know, some, some help from uh, various other people, including Dean Torrance. I think it came out beautifully. And it's definitely a great collector's item, part of the VIP book. But it's a beautiful talking about a coffee table book it's a beautiful uh what would you call it i mean it's like a it's sort of a, a time capsule of, of 1966 you know from uh that was a huge year for the beach boys you know barbara ann became a big hit in the early part of the year the pet sounds album was released in the middle part of the year and the fall was good vibrations that's some pretty there's some pretty serious diversity and incredibly productive and fertile time periods with the Beach Boys. On, you know, you've got the fun Beach Boy party uh, kind of vibe of Barbara Ann, plus the, the the evolutionary Pet Sounds album, along with the you know the the avant-garde. plays upon her head I hear the sound of a gentle on the wind that lifts her perfume through the air I'm picking up good vibrations she's giving me the excitations I'm picking up good vibrations she's giving me She's somehow closer now 
Softly smile, I know she must be kind In her eyes, she goes with me to a blossom room Picking up good vibrations She's giving me the excitations I'm backing up good vibrations She's giving me
one of the more fundamentally necessary things in life is to have pure, clean water. So I, I really think it's a wonderful uh, company that's doing great things around the world. And so uh, we have been selling these scarves, as you probably saw, these scarves, uh, and we donate the entire 100% of the proceeds we we get from the sale of the scarves to Water Health International. So I think if we sell like 100 scarves, it results in a in a water purification facility somewhere in the world. And we're going and we're going to try to do do some partnerships with people that and entities are uh, that that are interested in increasing the amount of facilities we can do around the world. I think it's a it's it's something that I've always liked doing because of the, you know the challenges the environment faces through, through pollution. And so this is just something that that's, I feel really you know supportive of and feel very uh, involved with. I'd like to thank Mike Love for taking his time to speak with me today here on Good Vibrations Beach Voice Podcast. And episode seven isn't too far away, so be sure and stay close. In the meantime, head over to Endless Summer Quarterly's Facebook page. Like us if you haven't already. Follow all the giveaways and goodies that we're giving away through the magazine. All you have to do is be a subscriber, and that's very easy to do as well. Head to E-S-Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-Y dot com. ESQuarterly.com. There's a jukebox. It'll start playing some very familiar music. There's a palm tree right behind the jukebox. At the very top is a signpost that says subscribe to the magazine. Click on that. All the information will be right there. It's easy to do. And we hope to have you as a subscriber because a lot of great content and goodies are uh, goodies, giveaways, etc. You know what I mean. So look for episode seven of Good Vibrations Beach Boys podcast very soon. A lot of surprise guests are coming up on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you soon.